Well, welcome to the 14 questions. Or, alternatively, welcome back. I mean, thank you for uh, doing my line of my lines. I mean, if you're going to bring us That's in, okay. Wait, I've gotta, switch I've it up. Yeah, whatever. Thing, right? So. Yes. I mean, that, that only seems fair, in my opinion. But uh, here we are. So what are we, uh, what are we talking about this week? Oh, you know, we're going to we, we, continue talking we about told everybody. Facebook. and uh, Yeah, we... Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. It's a thing. There's there's big big to do's regarding Facebook and, uh, and, Congress and and some additional maybe regulations coming down the pipeline and they're looking at some controversy where maybe Facebook knew a thing but didn't tell anybody and now you know you have this whole whistleblower well, situation. Uh so yeah. Well the, well here's here's the th- here, Here's the thing. We we alluded to this. We said that, that this might even turn into a part three, given what some of this testimony was. But Brandon and I are going to discuss today. Um, basically, there was testimony on October 5th, 2021. And if you want to go watch nearly three hours of it on C-SPAN, just look up Facebook and it's going to come up. Facebook whistleblower testifies on protecting children online. And this was within the Senate Commerce Subcommittee. Okay, so now we're in the Senate, now we're in subcommittees. You're in a subcommittee, and then it turns out a bunch of these folks also sit on other committees, I don't know, that are also looking into Facebook. So I guess that's why, you know, they alluded that Mark was, um, I don't know, he went sailing or took a boat boat ride or something. <laughs> he's got to do what he's got to do from no, time to time, right? So... Yeah, it's it's interesting. If I was Mark, I'd take a fucking boat ride. <laughs> <laughs> Just get on my yacht and keep going to a private island in Hawaii, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it becomes a, a more intricately tangled web, you know, as, as we actually start to achieve some oversight and some regulation, or at least inquiry into the possibility uh, with what they're doing you know, with yeah, social so, media so to, and the internet in general, it, because we've talked a lot about Section 230, we've, you know, talked about a, a lot about privacy and everything else. And of course, Facebook is intrinsically linked to both. So it's, in, it's in all of it, so it's all pan out, right? Well, so so for the listeners, we'll 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 back up um, a little bit. So Jessica Hogan or Hojan, I think it's Hogan. Um, again, you know, don't pronounce names too well over here. Correct me, at me, whatever on on Twitters. Um, she comes forward as a former Facebook employee and worked there for a while and also has experience in, in the realm of the, the social media. As it comes out that she worked for Pinterest, um, she worked for Facebook. She seems e- extremely knowledgeable, in my opinion, Brandon, and... Actually, sort of, and I don't know for I don't know how many IT folks that we have out there, but for somebody that can talk at a level and simplify, not just for not just for the centers, because I think some of the centers are actually more or less getting read in on this stuff, and they're they're getting pretty fancy in in their understanding. But I think for the 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 general public to actually watch this even though it's three hours long, so we're going to try to do the work for you. Um, 
She does a really, really good job. I'm inclined to agree. So if nothing else, it's not often you see somebody sit in front of one of these hearings and just look calm and confident. Um, You know, and she seems relaxed in, in her element there. So to your point, I think, you know, she's probably got some qualifications to talk on the subject matter. Um, you know, maybe well, not in, the in, in our scope of it, but enough to bring a thing to the table and get the ball rolling. And of course, then they can subpoena other individuals to testify on more specific subject matter. Right. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll, I'll go even, even beyond that. I think she's, she's, a, a very credible witness that actually testifies, but you you kind of get a feel ish for that she's almost at a level like she sort of she kind of understands the 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 whether or not we're we're gonna delve back into two thirty or this or that or the other like where we can find the lanes of regulation and then some of her recommendations of like how to, how to do this, like how to rein it back. And I mean, you know, before we, we I, I don't mean to get over my ski tips. I don't mean to, like the listeners are like, Oh, Dan's calling for like regulation or this or that or the other, like folks, you need to understand, like basically, you know, back it up a hot 30 seconds. They're, they're kind of out of fucking control over there on Facebook. And <laughs> you know, like I mean, you, like you I don't know. Uh, on uh, Facebook uh, for a long time at this point, I think, at least here on on the well, fourteen it, questions. Yeah, I mean, but you know, there we we've threatened to do this, and and we will do this at some point in time. We will unearth the history and what was behind AOL when AOL was AOL. And now we're on now we're on a nation state level. No, we're bigger than any nation state level of like what Mark has, you know, a couple billion users out there. Yeah. And every time and they show up to Congress, they're just like the shots. I don't. It, it seems a little, you know, potentially yeah. problematic if nothing else, for sure. But so this this particular. Um, hearing was very interesting because it, it, it focuses based on the subcommittee on basically some pretty serious legislation in, in laws that are already on the books. So whether or not that's child protections, whether or not that's two thirty, it's a lot to, it's a lot to unpack. Like even for me, I found myself um, backing up, realizing the questions in, in, just sort of trying to keep up with which which parts of all these things is not being regulated. And it's, you know, Facebook's so far down the road, we can't regulate them. But I think they actually come, they come, they come up with some pretty good suggestions. I don't know. What yeah, do you I think? I think so too. So they, you know, again, we, we've talked about it and we're like, the, the internet's still kind of the wild west uh, when it comes to this. Yes, stuff. absolutely. I, I am I am personally all about a, a free and open internet as much as can be possible. You know, the sharing of information and ideas and the exchange and the ability to connect. Um I think we need those avenues and lanes wide open. But when a 
privately owned for-profit platform gets involved. So, you know, if I want to send you an email, what it, regardless of the content, I think that exchange should be pretty transparently easy and unregulated. But when you bring literally billions of people together, now we may need to scrutinize it a little bit more, especially when it's done in the interest of producing profits in in the yes. aggregation and selling of data because it again it becomes a little more insidious uh as far as the way things are displayed, the way things are presented to individuals, and they talk about it a lot in these hearings. Uh, you know, using the, we'll call it the algorithm and the way it displays data to certain individuals and how it can kind of become very divergent from where you start and lead you down, you know, specifically children or young teens, uh, a path maybe they didn't intend to be on, but suddenly find themselves uh, traveling. And it, it, it is interesting and I think there are a lot of salient points, and I think Hagen or Hogan, however you say it, uh, really does a good job. And I think she she straddles the line because she she understands she's worked in this industry, so she knows, you know, too much regulation is a bad thing. But we also need to like build the highway and have the lanes and go, you know, stay between the lines somewhere along the way. And so it'll be interesting well, and to see it, it, what comes out of her testimony in these hearings moving forward. Because, again, this is a subject we've talked about a lot here on the 14 Questions. We cycle back to it or circle back to it rather frequently. Well, be, because I think folks, I mean, myself included, you know, I, I want to know about this stuff. So when, when Brandon and I, have, you know, we touch on this a few other times or many times on the 14 Questions, and we've mentioned things like, you know, and not to call Facebook out. I mean, they're they're all out there. They're doing the thing. But it, specifically with Facebook, there's two things. One is that they own the conversations around all the conversations. Correct. Which is which is sort of a scary reality. And then the other thing that comes out in this testimony and in this hearing is that they. They control the curation. So your timeline or your feed is based on, you know, in this, basically where, where, where this goes is you start to break it down. And Jessica brings up that the thing that is controlling that is, is not, we've always, we've always alluded to like, oh, it's Facebook, it's Mark, some, you know, they're owning your conversations, they're controlling the curation. And what really starts to come out of this hearing is, no, it's fucking AI. Well, yeah. The computer is deciding. Yeah. We, because again, the artificial intelligence. Process, right? Yeah. And it's, so it's, it's designed to do a thing create more engagement, you know, and, and she uses this term that I think is pretty brilliant called twitchy. So the, the twitchier (laughs) the platform is, the more reactive it is. And then basically says really what she thinks needs to be modified within two 30 is not two 30. It's the fact that two 30 was written for these platforms controlled 
back then by humans to, you know, if you, Brandon, you and I talk online and we do something stupid, how, 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 how can you hold the platform? Because we did something stupid on the platform. Yeah. But now there's this new component. And then there was one mention in, in, in all of this hearing that maybe the, the whole concept construct of AI or artificial intelligence, we need to realize it's artificial and it's not that fucking intelligent in why is it getting to sit on the protections of laws that protect human beings? I kind of agree with that. I mean, that take it, it is artificial. It, it is intelligent. But it was designed to perform a specific task. And that task is to Correct. increase engagement, which drives profitability. And so, you know, it artificially curates information that comes to us. And let's be honest, like good news is good news. Bad news engages people. You know, it's like watching a train wreck versus a parade. You're like, oh, it's a parade. Yay. Yeah. The train wreck, you're like, oh, my goodness, here we are. Like, there's it's catastrophe, and that, and that drives our engagement as human beings. We just have a natural bias to pay more attention to danger. And so the fact that they're curating dangerous information or taboo information or what have you in the interest of driving profits suddenly becomes problematic because— you're seeing a very curated version of the world through a paradigm that isn't based in reality. It's it's based in profitability. And so the more yes. you sit there and you click and it, it makes you angry or it makes you upset or makes, you know, negative emotions just generate more of a response than positive ones in human beings. And they're capitalizing on that. And it's very frustrating, and it's it it's it's almost angering to me. Uh, but I'm old enough and apathetic enough to not care that much. <laughs> but it does need to change because young impressionable minds, especially, and even a lot of adults, believe me, I've ranted about this before. Like people just click on things, share things, and don't bother to consume the content that they're propagating forward like busy little bees all on the service of Zuckerberg having a new boat to run away on. Right. Right. Well, so hold that thought. Cause I want to circle back around that, but do we have a, do we have a button press that we can do so people can get a taste of where this hearing was? Like, yeah, I think yeah, we have, we'll, we'll play the first the, clip the, and then uh, I think we'll just go directly to break and then come back in on it. Yeah, so we're, we're going to play, I believe this is um, Jerry Moran. Um, I'm thinking he's a uh, Republican out of uh, Kansas, Senator, that sits on this committee. Yeah. So hopefully we got that right. So go ahead and uh, hit that, and we'll see what he had to say. Here we are. Um, what regulations or legal actions by Congress or by administrative action hmm. do you think would have the most consequence or would be feared most by Facebook, hmm. Instagram, or allied companies? Um, I strongly encourage reforming Section 230 to um, exempt decisions about algorithms, right? So um, modifying 230 around content, I think, has uh, it's, it's very complicated because... Uh, 
user-generated content is something that companies have less control over, they have 100% control over their algorithms. And Facebook should not get a free pass on choices it makes to prioritize growth and virality and reactiveness over public safety. They shouldn't get a free pass on that because they're paying for their profits right now with our safety. And that's a very interesting point, which we'll discuss after we... Yes, so want to get a break and then uh, come right back? Yeah. All right, sit tight, folks. We'll be right back. As Dan would say, welcome back again. No, he doesn't say that. Um, but yeah, before the break, to jump right back in, because I think we're going to be a little long-winded on this particular episode. You know, we, we had an interesting soundbite about modifying Section 230, which has been all the rage uh, up there in the halls of Congress over the last year or so. And yeah, I won't even politicize it. I'll, just, I'll leave it at that. I was going to go somewhere, and then I'm not going to well, go there. D- d- yeah, but they've I been mean, talking the, about this the, a lot. And go ahead. Well, I was going to say it, it's interesting, you know, that there's there's now this is kind of incredible because when you actually give Congress a, a way to go forward to regulate, which is what we're trying to do, I guess during these multiple hearings, in Facebook has honestly said we'd like to be regulated. Um, the off ramp there is 230 applies to, um, human beings. So the, the fact that they're saying we have this new thing called AI, right? And I think you've, you've got a, this might be an interesting point to play the other, you know, what we got in the can here. So folks understand, but if we, if we play Mike Lee, Republican from Utah, and hit, hit, hit him for a hot second, and let's see where this conversation goes. Okay. I, obviously, I don't support, and, and TDP does not support these messages, particularly when targeted to impressionable children. And, and again, just to be clear, TDP did not end up pushing the ads out after receiving Facebook's approval. But it did, in fact, receive Facebook's approval. Um, so I think this says something one could argue that it, it proves that Facebook is allowing and, and perhaps facilitating the targeting of harmful adult-themed ads to our nation's children. So could you please explain to me, uh, Ms. Haugen, um, how these ads uh, with a target audience of 13 to 17-year-old children, how would they possibly be approved by Facebook? And it, it, is AI involved in that? Hmm. Um, I did not work directly on the ad approval system. Um, uh, What was resonant for me about your testimony is Facebook uh, has a deep focus on scale. So scale is, can we do things very cheaply for a huge number of people, which is part of why they rely on AI so much. It is very possible that none of those ads were seen by a human. And the reality is that we've seen from repeated documents within my disclosures is that Facebook's AI systems 
only catch a very tiny minority of offending content. And best case scenario, in the case of something like hate speech, at most they will ever get 10 to 20 percent. And that's very interesting, right? Because, right, I mean, about <laughs> AI approving ads. Like or, well or anything. <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't think we, we have any clips to get into this, but they talk about multiple languages being used on Facebook and the fact that the AI yes. really only speaks a few of these languages. And so in more impoverished or quote unquote third world areas, they may not be able to understand this at all if the AI is approving it. I mean, that's kind of what I take away from that. And that's a bit terrifying <laughs> to go a bit run an ad for whatever. Right. I mean, like what the fuck could possibly go wrong? So if you're I only, if you're AI's idea, <laughs> right. So, uh, well, I think we're seeing it. Um, you, you know, and, and maybe it's an over or under of 10 to 20% that AI can catch like trying to, you know, you, you've got a, you've got a, you've got a Senator, <laughs> That, you know, and I think he said T, TDP, but it's TTP. Maybe I'm, I'm not sure what, what Mike Lee was talking about, but they basically pushed three ads through the approval process of Facebook, never ran them. And yeah. Facebook didn't catch them in all three ads. In, in folks, if you want to go to this, it's somewhere within 122 minutes within this hearing. If you go to C-SPAN. And you can look at these ads, and they're 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 pretty obviously like not good. I mean, you know, you know, some of them are fine for adult users, but well, I mean, the Skittles party and the let's play with some pharma drugs, or you know, okay, maybe you know, right on yeah, somebody's you know, belly, and you're skinny enough, or whatever. Or, you know, you're lonely and, you know, whatever. It, it's you, some, you need to find yeah. your new hookup tonight. Like, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's so. but they pushed these through and they got approval. And I kind of appreciate his questioning because he's like, who is, who is approving this? And, and to the point of the testimony, it's like, well, AI looks at this shit first and we, we kind of need to regulate that, which is where I think we're going with this. Yeah, it, and it, it's and interesting. <clears throat> she brings up, it, it, Jessica brings up a very interesting point, okay? And we'd have to back up and then cover back in the hearing about an hour and 14 minutes in if we're going to go to some of the discussion between uh, Maria uh, Cadwell, who's a, I believe she's a, she's a Dem from, I think, Utah. I could be wrong on that. Um, just at me or, you know, get pissed off or whatever. But they get into this weird acronym shit that I couldn't follow for a hot second. They're like MSI. And this was something that was developed and it's developed within the AI of what Facebook's doing and I'm like, holy shit, this is this is over my fucking head. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> well, like so but many then, things. Once once you learn the jargon and the acronyms, then it starts to make a little more sense, right? Right. Because but it, I, it, I heard the term MSI, and I, I was like, well, what the hell is MSI? Yeah. And so I so for it up, and I went, this makes sense. So w what did you find? Uh, for MSI specifically? Yes. 
yeah, meaningful social interaction, which essentially is code for actual engagement with users who have influence, essentially. Like, I'm, I'm paraphrasing in the worst way possible. No, 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 that, that's, that's fine, because now, now, because going to the construct, how complicated this gets, but it's not really that complicated, which I'll circle back around about that. And so Jessica says, basically, Facebook had a determination between soft interventions, which is sort of dialing this dial of AI up and down and conversations around the conversations, or yeah, hard cool. interventions, which are hard interventions for folks in, in her opinion, because we got to talk the talk within their sphere, is yeah, you got you to speak the language, right? Right, which is removal of like content or people. Yeah, like it's just so we're, we're we're taking yeah. it off the platform entirely. And then there's this whole section where she goes, you know, Facebook's very flat, and so basically everything in the company is driven by. Um, the matrix, right? So just your data. So you construct a thing, MSI, you say we want to do soft or hard interventions, or you don't. And then basically all of that drives your decisions for how to drive the market of engagement that is all driven by computers. It's not human beings like actually thinking about this stuff anymore. Which yeah, kind of gets it's cheaper to let the machines decide, right? Like once right, you once you right. build that algorithm, why would you pay human beings an hourly or a salaried wage when this will do it essentially for the cost of the servers that it runs on and doesn't yeah, require it, it, insurance, health insurance, benefits, et cetera, et cetera. But right. that's another conversation for another time. Correct. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, again, there's a lot to digest. And it was interesting because a few of the senators brought up that, you know, they're often told by the, the insiders and, and the folks that obviously have money and influence on them that this is way too complicated and it's over their head. So it was, it was somewhat refreshing to watch somebody go, it's not that hard. It's like any other industry. Like they just invent their own acronyms. They invent their own things. And that's why it's complicated. But once you once you know what the acronym is, like, you know, you yeah. had to look it up. I had to look well, it up. It's complicated. I'm like, oh, outside. okay. For an insider, these things make sense. Yeah. And they need to be, we have to have words to define, you know, the culture the or the, stuff. the yeah. environment we live in. And so they, you know, they, they make sense once you know. But listening to the testimony, it can get a little bit confusing from time to time. Correct, and and the fact that it's you know five minute rule and they're moving and they're trying to they're trying to cover a lot of material, which in in this they okay. they this was a lot of material that was covered. So, um, I don't know. It's it. I think some good came out of this hearing. I mean, do we have another couple of buttons we could press and? Yeah, I, I do think. think some good came out of it too. So let's, I'm just going to play this one and then we'll discuss. Do you have thoughts as to what kind of changes Facebook could make mm -hmm. uh, to reduce or eliminate these harms? Mm. Um, you mentioned earlier concerns around free speech. 
a lot of the things that I advocate for are around changing the mechanisms of amplification, not around picking winners and losers in the marketplace of ideas. The so, so explain that are, what that means. Oh, sure. Um, so like I mentioned before, you know, like how on Twitter, if you have to click through on a link before you reshare it, small actions like that friction don't require picking good ideas and bad ideas. They just make the platform less twitchy, less reactive. And Facebook's internal research says that each one of those small actions dramatically reduces misinformation, hate speech, and violence inciting content on the platform. So, so that line of questioning coming from our favorite senator here at the 14 Questions, Ted Cruz. Well, no, we, we, we've got a few <laughs> other favorites, but yeah, we like We Ted. do have a few. Well, I said senator. No, oh, I mean, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Jordan, I mean, he's Canadian, yeah, anyway. so I, you know, I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta be like somewhat, you know, I, he claims I know. to be Canadian. I don't know. I, 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 you forget. I, I forget. I should say that, you know, he's half Canadian. You remind me all the time, being mostly right. Canadian yourself. But I think her her answer to that little probe uh, is rather brilliant and kind of aligns with my own personal views. In that make it more difficult or make it, you know, the promotion of things, not the content itself, just how it gets disseminated a little bit better. Uh, and, well, you know, we've talked about this before on this podcast that some people, they read a headline, they click it, share it, and go. And just her simple suggestion, you know, that Twitter already does, you have to click through. So there's the presumption that you've read the content you're sharing with other people. Can you guarantee that that happened? No. Does the extra step discourage people? Absolutely, because, well, we're kind of lazy by the design. Well, this is this is interesting, Brandon, because I, I, I too was like, hey, let's put this in the can. Let's play that for the listeners. And her suggestion seemed... Okay, I get that. I've, I've had to do that on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, I already read the thing. Like, I'm just, I read it over here, not on Twitter, whatever. But I think the next step, and maybe this this isn't anything that Jessica was thinking or, or Senator Cruz was, or he was thinking through, is if you really break apart, and this is why these hearings are a little hard to, to unpackage, if you take a step back from that, from a day or two, and you say, what is that doing? All that is doing is simply saying a human has to engage. So it's it's a phase gate of, wow, a troll or a bot, we've covered those. They can't just click and share this fucking shit. Well, so, I would disagree. You could, I, I mean, I would disagree. No, 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 they can, right? But it, it, a standardized it, format, so you could, you could mm. teach a machine to click the link. Okay, so fair enough. I'm, 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 or, I'm, or just I'm, look I'm, at the source code and find the yeah. hyperlink and click it. Yeah, but again, but but you know where I'm digress. going. Like where I'm going is that it actually makes. In in this could be very valuable data, you know, to sure. to the socials, right? Where it's like, well, the human actually read it. Right. It's it's kind of, you know, it's the it's the what the Kaspersky cash key or whatever. Are you a human? Pick out how many bicycles or stoplights are in this thing. We have to verify you. Yeah, it's it's sort of an interesting stop. 
that doesn't seem to, I mean, other than, you know, she does mention that it, it reduces engagement, you know, when something starts to go viral, like, oh shit, you got to do this one extra step. But I was kind of fascinated looking back through my notes and then thinking about this hearing, like, huh, wow, that makes sure that like humans are actually on this thing versus it's just being driven by, you know, the, the, the robots. Yeah. Or just or one person but, managing a thousand accounts, running a script to say, share the same thing. Everybody correct. share the same thing. And it's only one more step, but it does at least slow it down. And correct. I think that's important because the level at which we share, you know, I love the term she used to circle back to your point of twitchy. It's twitchy. Something comes across, it hits our cognitive bias, and we go, share it forward to everybody, you know, in our sphere. And that can become really dangerous, especially if it's intentionally manipulated. Um, well, in, in, in is the subject well, of another <laughs> podcast or episode altogether, but, oh, man. Correct. The possibilities, and then, right? And then we, we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention, you know, some of the reporting that came out where there's, there's some underlying stuff where they allowed VIPs to do a thing on Facebook and not allow regular folks to do a thing on Facebook or Instagram for that matter. I keep saying Facebook, yeah. but they are a Instagram as well. user would have been banned for this behavior, but we'll let it slide for you because you have millions of followers and, well, you're good for positive cash flow essentially. Correct. And then, the, and then the influencing of the influencers to attract, you know, potential influencers, which is where I think they've really gotten themselves in a little bit of trouble when we get into the messaging that goes into, you know, um, teenagers and tweens. And a, again, it's a three hour hearing and they get into the, the understanding of, 17-year-olds or 13-year-olds or, or people that are, you know, they have the, the, the Finstas, these fake accounts, and how in there's a comparison to big tobacco, like get them addicted early, yeah. and, and some of the actual known harm that's being done. We, I, I, I would be completely remiss if we went through this entire podcast and didn't talk about the actual human damage that is being done at yeah. that level. Allegedly, and, right? But I mean, it, well, <laughs> you know, again, there's some internal things, and, you know, the, Facebook kind of played the plausible deniability card by going, yeah, we don't collect any data on that because people of that age under 13 specifically are unable to or not allowed to create accounts. But again, we know that they do. It's not that hard to lie about your birthday. Like by the time you're well, 12 or 11 or 10 or eight. You can do basic math and go, well, I'll just change my birthday to this year and there's no verification process. And then they're subjected to this information. And like, well, I mean, where's the fine line? I'll go with like, do we really believe that Big Tobacco didn't know that like nine year olds were sneaking cigarettes out of their parents' cigarette packs? Well, I don't know what you did in Canada, but... Well, I mean, that's what we did in Canada, so, you know... <laughs> I, I think the, we did it here, too, yeah. So the, the, that parallel is is extraordinary, because I think it was um, Edward Markey who, who 
or maybe it was, yeah, I think it was Edward Markey. I could be wrong. But the comparison, and then and then um, Senator Blumenthal comes back, and they come back to this comparison of tobacco. What did tobacco know, and what did they tell the public were two different fucking things. And where sure. we are now is that Facebook has data on minus 13-year-old children, so the 12-year-olds, 8-year-olds, and the, I, the, the thing that strikes me with this is that they have some data. They're not sharing it. There's, there's, there's no transparency. There's, there's no one looking into this other than, you know, their internal whatever. We'll try yeah. better next time. But this, the, the thing that if I could overlay that with the next thought is, you know, my parents or whoever's parents would walk around and they'd, you know, smoke a cigar or smoke cigarettes or whatever. They kind of knew the danger of those things. So they left them around the house. I think yeah. the, the difference here is these parents, and this gets brought up in this in this meeting, like what are parents supposed to do? I don't think parents necessarily understand and, and good willingly they think, oh, my kid's on Facebook, my kid's on Instagram, and they're they're following, I don't know, cat videos or something. They don't know because they're not there necessarily. They don't know how all this AI works, how the conversations around the conversations work, how the curation works, how these things work, because they're not consuming at the same level. So I think this is the first time that we've seen younger children in teens consuming something, maybe maybe there's been another time of this, something that the parents have never been exposed to to that level. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, it's still relatively new technology. And right. I think, and I I think that's really where the intersection of how hard is this how hard is this going to be to solve is basically you have like, you know, kids on vape or the new thing that the Parents have never seen, so they just say, "Well, just, just." I, it mentioned twice in this hearing, the parents just say, "Well, just stop or put the phone down, whatever, whatever." Just don't do yeah. that anymore. And it, they don't quite understand. Like, and that's yeah, that's no, my, my. I mean, children inherently or teenagers inherently are going to, if you tell them they can't do a thing, there is at least a large portion. That will find a way because it's taboo. Oh, even more so, right? Um, yeah, you, not all of them, but there are some that are inclined to go, oh, I can't do this. It's not allowed. It's only for adults. I will find a way. And, well, frankly, children can be sneaky and clever and they will find a way. So we have to. Right. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if there's. there's I don't know either. Increased verification as a user base at the login and sign up stage. I don't know. You know, it, I don't trust enough parents to, to actually parent their children uh, anymore. You know, that's a personal opinion of mine, but you know, I mean, stupid people tend to raise stupid people, right? Yes. So, you know, the cycle just repeats and repeats and repeats. So that's another approach. Uh, but I think we're we're at the tip of the iceberg with all of this. And, you know, we have this whistleblower testifying 
before Congress. And so this is stage one. And then once, you know, we can extract enough data and get enough or gather enough information to start thinking more seriously and more concisely about social media and about the internet, but social media in general, then maybe we can get enough of our representatives well-educated enough to actually talk about these things in a meaningful way and not some overarching position with an incredible lack of understanding of what actually goes on. Because again, we've talked about this before on this podcast, that a lot of the people that get outraged and incensed about social media platforms, about the internet and the way it is, they just don't even understand it because they're literally the generation we're talking about. You know, we're talking, you know, 55 and up crowd that I don't, you know, it, it, this is a blanket statement, but I don't think they fully grasp the internet, the way it works, the way social media works, the way information is propagated amongst the masses. And we have to get to a point where our representatives know it for them to make reasonable decisions like human error and infallibility will um, always factor in. It's not going to be perfect, but it does need to be addressed. And so after these hearings, I hope at some point that they will then call the Mark Zuckerbergs or whoever else needs to back to Congress in a meaningful way and not in the kind of like McCarthyish witch, witch hunt fashion that's happened before where every time there's this knee jerk censorship or, you know, first amendment problem, which I, you know, you know, my opinions, I think most of that's bullshit and it's politically driven, but we do need meaningful regulation to at least define the lanes to travel in and then adjust accordingly. Well, and, and to that point, in, in you and I have had this discussion, I don't know if we've actually discussed it on the podcast, but I think I, I do feel better that the, the various representatives we have, whether or not that's the House or the Senate, um, are wising up to this. And I think the EU is very much wised up to that. But the construct of how we do that in this country, um, to my way of thinking, this touches on a lot of things. So whether or not that's the, you know, 230 or whether or not that's the FTC or whether or not that's under this law or that law, it almost begs for a separate, you've brought this up before, a separate committee to just look at the socials and just look at these emerging markets that can draw from all of that experience and all that legislation that puts it in you know, one spot with a heat light on it. You know what I mean? So yeah, rather sure. than rather than trying to bits and bobs in, you know, run around the Rayburn building and like, oh, we got this over here and then let that go and whatever and move on and we got a thing over here and move on. The 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 evolution of the construct really of the committees and where the laws fall in and what lanes those laws fall into it almost calls for, I think you and I have had this conversation several times, like some some form of a super committee 
that would yeah, that I, would take I, I, all I, the I, expertise I, from whether or not that's kind of feel about it is is an advisory <clears throat> committee. Yeah. So yeah, you know, senators, congressmen, they're politicians. Like they don't specialize in this stuff, but form an independent committee of people that came up in this industry and have really good knowledge of its inner workings to kind of steer and guide and develop reasonable and fair regulation. Because again, I believe the internet should be a very free and open place, but also as do I, if you do have to your point, you know, these social media platforms that are larger than any nation state in the world that brings people together. Well, every single nation state has some set of societal guidelines and boundaries through the process of legislation and law for the most part that says you can behave this way or that way. You'll be punished for this, but not that. And we need to codify that into some structure and it's going to take time, but it needs to happen. And I think, you know, again, the, this, this testimony right now may lay the groundwork to take a more serious long-term look at it and develop a thing. And, uh, I, 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 I was going to say, I would wholeheartedly agree because when you have, when you have a witness coming forward, Jessica Hogan, and you have a subcommittee in the Senate doing a thing. And then, you know, you've, I guess Mark just went on a sailing or boat trip or whatever on a cigar boat because he, you know, whatever. Um, but I think that the headwinds that Facebook is facing, they got to lean in somewhere. And when I say Facebook, I mean Instagram and everything else. They got to lean in somewhere because, you know, and I'll, I'll just touch on this for a hot second because, you know, I've got to do a fucking thing over here. Um, when, when, the, when the platform and the product that you're delivering violates the toss... of the actual equipment that is delivering what you're doing. And I think I brought this up very softly once in a, in the previous podcast that we did basically long story short listeners, Apple and Google, if you look at where Google is with what they're doing with, you know, alphabet and what they're doing with um, YouTube they're taking this shit seriously and they don't want to get in the headwinds. But to be an app, this is a very interesting construct, to be an app within their ecosystem, whether or not you're on an Android phone, which is a Google operating system or an Apple phone, I can't imagine that there's not discussions going on on those two companies going, we're harming teenagers because these people are doing a thing over here and they know about it. So that's sort of capitalism at big business to big business going, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll just turn you You're off. And right? replace you, you like the, the, the you, you don't have a fucking, they, they, they don't do But also we know that somewhere at Google and somewhere at Apple, there are teams working on social media platforms, just going, if there is a vacuum in that marketplace, 
we could see. Well, that's a whole so, other. Yeah, that's a whole other yeah, discussion. Again, all we, I'm we, saying we, is that we could go. If your thing that you sold to everybody that everybody trusts, whether or not that's your Android phone or your OS on your Android or your iPhone, and and then they get hauled up to Congress one more time or over to the, the European Union to say you people are now in in also here for this reason, you're going to be like, well, we we've got a, a TOS within B two B, so business to business that you have to follow. And they didn't disclose this shit to us. And so I, I think that might be like chapter four of where we're going with this. With the yeah, bump it could up. Be, could be problematic moving forward. Yeah. Um, I think we have one more clip. Are you want to do play. it? Let's and, do it. And, and, and I just want to play it and let it roll because I think it's, <coughs> it's poignant and it's a fitting way to end this episode of our small little podcast here. Uh, because... I think it's foreboding of of the future to come, right? Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I have a text that was just put up by Facebook spokesperson, Andy Stone. It says, just pointing out the fact that uh, Francis Hogan mm-hmm. did not work on child safety or Instagram or research these issues and has no direct knowledge of the topic from her work at Facebook. So I will simply say this to Mr. Stone. If Facebook wants to discuss their targeting of children, if they want to discuss their practices of uh, privacy invasion or violations of the Children Online Privacy Act, I am extending to you an invitation to step forward, be sworn in, and testify before this committee. We would be uh, pleased to hear from you and welcome your testimony. Got questions? Need answers? Find them on the 14 Questions Podcast. Welcome to our podcast, where we, along with our frequent guests, will be answering your questions regarding a wide variety of topics, including current events, lifestyle, politics, and of course, popular culture. The 14 Questions Podcast is brought to you by Podhouse Media and Dive Pod Productions. Be sure to find us on the web at 14questions.org, on Twitter at The14Questions, look us up on Facebook at 14Questions, and of course, find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Podcasts.